0: So anytime there's a disruption in the economy or or in our economic environment, uh, it'll show weaknesses or vulnerabilities in our business. And a major disruption uh, or crisis will drive that point home, uh, showing us weaknesses in our business, whether it's um, an expense structure that's unsustainable, or too few revenue streams or narrow sales channels. It's time to roll up our sleeves and get to work. Hi, I'm Stephen Krause and this is Up and to the Right, the no-nonsense podcast slash live stream where we uh, blend your passion with proven business principles and practical action. This isn't about buzzwords or short-term trends. This is about taking proven business principles and applying them in unique ways to uh, help you sustain and grow your business. Uh, I, before I go on about the, so so the reason this whole idea of sales channels and revenue streams came to mind for me was was the the concept of the closed economy, and I'm going to rant for a, just a couple of minutes about this. Um, and I've talked about this in the last uh, episode or two, uh, but 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 it you can't really close a market economy. Um, you know, we we I, I'm not really sure where people are where their heads are at uh, when they talk about this. I understand the the that we need to take responsible action to protect people and and uh, stop the spread of the the pandemic. Okay, um, but a market economy doesn't work unless, as I said next, last week, money is moving. Money has to move. So when when we talk about closing the economy what we really should be talking about is finding ways to continue to operate that are safe for both our employees and coworkers and families but also our customers and the and the uh, population at large so uh th- and and what we mean or what needs to happen when we talk about closing the economy is changing the way that we interact to conduct business. And that's where our revenue streams and sales channels come to be at risk in an environment like this, where the, a lot of the standard ways we do business have been have been set aside and businesses aren't prepared for that. And so that's why I came to this point where we need to talk about revenue streams and sales channels. Um, and, and we're using we uh, the the general media is using language that isn't helpful when we talk about closing the economy we need to find alternative ways to conduct business and if if they're not going to do it if they're not going to talk about it the right way okay that's fine but we as as entrepreneurs and and business owners we need to take care of ourselves so that's what I want to talk about today is how do we take care of ourselves in terms of revenue streams? And this is not going to just be something that that is related to this specific crisis. This is something that's related to how we conduct business and how we manage our businesses over time forever. Um, like I said last week, I've, or maybe it was week before last, but it's only been it, the maximum time between crises for... For my professional career was eight years. The maximum time between major economic disruptions, eight years. So if you want to operate a single business longer than that, you have to figure out a way to manage through serious problems. And one of those things is to have a broad range of revenue streams and sales channels. Now, I did name this particular episode uh, revenue streams or build a revenue stream, but I'm going to talk a little bit about sales channels as well. Still not quite getting the controls right. Um, 10,000 hours. So I've done like 11 or 12 live streams. They're each about 30 minutes. So I've got 20,000 live streams I've got to do before I want to get it. That's, (laughs) that's a lot, All right, a lot of responsibility there or a lot of, a lot of uh, challenges to overcome. So when we talk about, uh, I wanted to talk about what a sales channel is versus what a a revenue stream is first and a sales channel for the purposes of what we're going to talk about is specifically the same product sold through a different venue so if you've got you've got retail you've got online you've got representation you've got distribution so if i sell a grilled cheese sandwich at my restaurant retail that's a sales channel if i take that same grilled cheese sandwich and i sell it In a convenience store through a partnership agreement with the the convenience store, which becomes distribution, it's still the same product. It's just a different sales channel for that product. And um, those are important in terms of goods that can be distributed that way. Excuse me. Uh, So it is important that we talk about and have sales channels that work in a variety of situations. And you can, you can see where that would work in the situation, you know, in this specific, uh, uh, economic environment, we have restaurants who are offering their products through, um, you know, takeout instead of dine-in. Uh, and, and that is a very good example of saying, okay, this sales channel dine-in won't work in this environment, pandemic- how else can we still continue to operate and find revenue, takeout, delivery, whatever? Um, so that's one, uh, one thing. So that's a sales channel is, is taking the same product, but making it available in a different way. Uh, a revenue stream is, uh, uh, honestly, it's a little more vague, uh, but it's a unique source of income. So a product, your grilled cheese sandwich can be a revenue stream or your, um, in the case of, if we just continue with the restaurant analogy, having, um, your products that the food products that you sell, that's a revenue stream, whether it's grilled cheese sandwich or pancakes or whatever the, instead of selling the sandwich, what if you made the recipe available online? Okay. Maybe you make now, For a restaurant owner, maybe you don't want your secret recipe to be available online for $5. I understand that. But what if you made a product uh, or a recipe online uh, available for a unique way to have a grilled cheese sandwich when you're socially distancing? That would be a different revenue stream because it's not the same product. It's a unique product. Even if you sold the same recipe, it's still a distinct product because it's the recipe not the actual tangible edible sandwich. So, uh, that's the general idea that we're going to talk about it, it, in terms of what is a revenue stream. It's going to be a distinct, unique, um, product and source of income, and that can be a service or a, um, a, a product as well. So, so, le- all right, let's build a revenue stream. The, I kind of broke this down. I was going to, I actually had a spreadsheet started that I was going to make available as a download. And, uh, I got through about six columns and then I said, I, am overdoing this. It's too much. We need to make it really simple. And of course, because I haven't done my 20,000, uh, live streams and 10,000 hours, I left my notes on my desk. So I'll be right back. Okay. So, What I wanted to do is I wanted to give people a a really easy way to kind of break down how we're going to do this. How do you look at a revenue stream and, or, or how do you look at opportunities to create new revenue streams? And, um, for the rest of the, the time we spend together today, I'm not going to talk about the difference between a sales channel and a revenue stream because both have value. It's important to understand um, for you and your business, what those differences might be as you go through this in the future. So don't get too caught up with, you know, is this a sales channel or a revenue stream? Because at this point, either might have equal value um, and, we, and we just need to go through it. So the, the, the thing I did was I said, all right, let's talk about how do we create value and break it down into just three simple things. What can I do? my knowledge and skills, what equipment and resources do I have available to me? So um, the, uh, uh, well, I'll get into some examples in a minute, but what equipment and resources do I have available? And then what do I know, or uh, who do I know? So we can't necessarily always do everything. And especially in a situation like this, we might be finding That we have a revenue stream idea, an idea for something that would bring value to customers in this environment, but we don't have all the pieces, whether those pieces are intellectual or resources. How can we then take that to the market? Well, we might need some help. So, who do we know that can help? And um, so we've got, and, and that's it. We'll look at those three things. What can I do? What do I have? And who do I know? Now, the first thing that we'll talk about is low hanging fruit stuff. You already, is there an obvious revenue stream or obvious distribution channel that you can adopt that you haven't? Okay. That's, so we go back to our, our grilled cheese sandwich. If you're a restaurant, we've already seen a, a lot of restaurants turn to dine, uh, carry out and, and, um, and delivery. So that's what I would call low hanging fruit. If you have a, a, a tangible product, um, how do you sell that in a way that still allows you to maintain a safe working environment for your team and also a safe environment for your co your, uh, customers so that they're not put at risk. Um, that's the first, I mean, It's a no brainer, but that's the first thing we want to to get in in place. If there's something that's obvious, well, let's do that first, but then we're going to get less, it's less obvious once we've done that, if if you're not in a market where you can just immediately do something uh, or immediately make that change now we have to start putting on our thinking caps and that's okay. The other thing to remember is, you know, one example is if you have a a physical good, a a quote, low hanging fruit idea is, well, let's get it on the, on the internet. Let's open a shopping cart. Okay. It is relatively low hanging fruit in terms of actually getting it done. you take a picture of your product, you write a description and you upload it. Now, if you have a thousand products in your catalog, that's that's going to take you some time. Okay. Whether you do those and, and who's going to take the photos, uh, you know, you can set up a sheet and some lights, you know, in a room in your house and shoot photos and probably get serviceable ones for the short term. Um, if you're, uh, you know, and so, so that could work, but it could take some time to get that up and running. But two or three weeks, whatever. That's okay. The, the downside is it's not a magic bullet because just because you, despite the movie reference, just because you build it doesn't mean they will come. So now you have to drive traffic to that shopping cart. So while that is another sales channel and we can use it and we should, if it's, if it's appropriate, um, it may not be, a really quick answer to generate equivalent or even close to equivalent revenue for your business compared to selling your products at your store. So, um, but it is important to consider, uh, and, and when we talk about things like low hanging fruit, understand that they might not be as that, well, they're probably not going to be immediately as successful as the, uh, as your traditional business model has been in the past, but it doesn't mean we don't want to try them. We need to try things and figure out what works. So, um, the, the next thing, after we take those three things, what can I do? What resources do I have and who do I know? Start looking at, at gaps in the market that you, A, if you already fill them, that's fine. Start looking at them fresh with fresh eyes saying, okay, the constraint that I have right now is that I can't deliver this good in person. It's not safe. It's not safe for myself and my family and my team. So how do we do it differently than that? Okay. Um, and, and so, so that, you know, what, what problem are you already solving in the marketplace? That's one place to look. But then when you start looking at other problems in the marketplace that you might want to address. Um, you know, when I started thinking about it, you know, why did I learn the skills that I have? Why did I buy the equipment that I own? And, uh, you know, why, how can I combine those things or, or those ideas with, solutions for the marketplace every single piece of equipment that i own in the studio here in the lab for directed energy all of those things were purchased with purpose in mind there was a reason we bought them so what what problems do those solve and how can i combine those things in unique ways to create solutions for maybe a completely different market or maybe a complimentary market where I'm, you know, complementary to my, my, my normal services. Um, you know, and then how do I bring in if I have part of the answer, but I don't have the whole answer, how do I bring in, uh, somebody external to my own self or my own self, myself or my organization so that they can participate in that and help me create something new. Um, and they might even have equipment, that is complementary, And so there's, there's, we start to look at, um, the resources available to us, whether it's knowledge, equipment, skills, uh, and the gaps, why did we, uh, the, the, the solutions to problems? Why did we buy that equipment in the first place? Why did I learn how to do live streaming? Um, you know, and is there, a place for that knowledge in a different revenue stream. And then the last, uh, just kind of thought before I go through my notes here is then once we've gone through that and said, okay, what are the gaps in the, what, where are the problems that I could solve with the, the knowledge I have with the equipment at my, at my disposal and the people I have access to what problems in the market can I solve in a way that's unique and interesting and helpful in a market where I can't go shake people's hands, you know, where I can't do this in person. How can I, how can I be of service in a different way? Um, and so the next thing is we just have to drop self doubt aside. Okay. Um, we've got to pick the low cost things and start testing them, pick the things that we believe have a high probability of success and start testing them. All right and don't discount your value. Um, because we don't have time to second guess things. Now we don't have time to waste money and we don't have money to waste, but we also don't have time to second guess everything and, and come up with a perfect answer. We're going to come up with a, the, the best answer we can in the time that we can, you know, come up with a solution. And then we're going to start trying things and, and seeing what breaks and what sticks. And if it breaks, don't, don't, get upset about it. Don't even think about it twice. Uh, just move on to something else. One of the things, you know, so there's, there's an interesting thing. If you, if you if follow a specific topic and I'm going to use YouTube as an example, um, I follow photographers and videographers more than anything else because I'm interested in the topic. Well, if you, for example, yesterday, uh, I took a few minutes out to look at a new, uh, Think they call it the loop deck ct which is basically a video and audio and photography editing control platform thing. It's like i mean for lack of anything lack of a better term it's a really glorified mouse specifically designed it's a hardware interface specifically designed for photo editors and video editors okay now if you do a search on youtube for that product you're going to get hundreds of of uh, videos that people have done around that product. And it would be easy to say, well, I don't have any place doing something like that because there's already all of this content out there. There's a couple of problems with that. First of all, you have your own style and your own, um, perspective to add to the conversation. And just because you're not this person, this present or this, um, what do they call them? Influencer um, doesn't mean you don't have a perspective that would be valuable to somebody. Each of those people that did all of those videos, they all have their own perspective, but they also have their and, and expertise, you know, no doubt. But they also have their own frame of mind when it comes to the use of a specific product. So when you when you say, "What do I have to add?" you just have yourself, your own, your own perspective about what this thing does for you. And I'm not suggesting everybody go out and do product reviews, but the idea is that just because one other person or, or 10 or hundred other people are doing something doesn't mean that you don't add value to that specific space. The other thing is each of those people has, has a following, right? And you have your own customer base. So whatever you choose to do, the next step is how do I communicate with my customer base with my unique product offering or perspective? So that's the really, really long reason why you just have to try stuff and don't discount an idea just because either other people are doing it. So if they're doing it, I'm not going to have a place there or other people aren't doing it. And so, well, if, if nobody's doing it, there must be no value. Well, if nobody's doing it, it's very possible nobody tried it, or nobody did it your way. Nobody did it in your environment, in your with your audience. So, just um, pick the low cost items and the high probability of success items, and those are both guesses. Take the guess and run with it, and. If something starts to work, great, put energy into that. If nothing, if it doesn't work, don't get tied up in, in trying to tweak it and say, oh, well, if I just message people on Twitter every 44 minutes, then all of a sudden this product line would take off or this revenue stream would take off. Don't make, you know, no, no amount of marketing is gonna make a an idea that's not gonna fly, fly. So you try it, you you get the information out to the market. And if nobody's interested, don't put more energy into it. So if you put up a shopping cart, nobody buys anything. I'm not saying take it down because there could still be value there that you might address in the future, but don't obsess about making that a success. Just take the next item and run with it. Okay. So, um, take the leap. That's it. Um, and, and see what happens. So what I did was I, I basically wanted to kind of go through maybe wide angle might be a little easier. So I took the, um, the, the idea of this whole thing for myself and said, okay, what is my low hanging fruit? Um, now before this started, I guess before I was starting to think about how can we do a few different marketing things for, um, the studio space. I talked about this. Well, I didn't talk about it in the live stream, but I did, I did do a video about it on the website. Um, you know, this space isn't full most of the time. The studio space isn't being used, uh, you know, 40 hours a week. It gets used four to six hours a week. And the rest of the time it's fairly, um, uh, well, it's empty. So I said, well, that's kind of a waste. And there are a lot of business owners out there who might get value out of being able to come into a professional setup, do something unique for their own business and walk out and not have to invest in the time and the expense of getting all this stuff put together. So I was starting to uh, create an environment where customers could come in and do that. And then, and I literally just launched it and then I can't take any customers because of socialized or social distancing. So I can't have people coming into the space. So there are, And that was low-hanging fruit because I already had everything set up. It was something I could offer very quickly to the market. And it just occurred to me a few months ago that I should try it. Well, some low-hanging fruit isn't going to work out, but that's the kind of thing that you might find in your own uh, environment where you have resources available that you can make a product out of. Um, In this case, it doesn't work really well because I can't bring people into the studio right now, but it, it, it's a, you know, that's something that we could do. So another thing that I was working on before this was I'm, I'm doing some focused online courses. Well, that is a really valuable, uh, revenue stream right now, because that's something I can continue to offer. So I'm putting energy into getting the, the first of those wrapped up and, um, So those for me, those were the, the low hanging fruit items. But then when I started to do a deeper dive, I had to go through and say, all right, well, what can I do? What can I do? What do I own and who do I know? And I didn't write specific names on here in case somebody actually zooms in and could see anything and, you know, privacy and all that. But what I, I did write, you know, some ideas of where to go. So yes, you have your friends and family and maybe someday I'll do a show about working with friends and family because there's a lot that goes into that. And there, you, you really have to, um, be sensitive and careful about, um, ab- about those kinds of relationships when it comes to business. Um, but then I went back and, you know, who are your LinkedIn contacts? Who are you in a networking group? Uh, are you in a professional organization? Do any of those people have skills that you don't or access to resources that you don't. Well, probably they all have skills you don't and resources you don't. And if you come up with something really intriguing, they might be interested in working with you on something new because they're probably facing the same trouble that you are. So I went through the, and said, all right, what, uh, in, you know, briefly for these notes, what do I have or or what can I do? I'm an operations management guy. I'm, uh, I can organize, Um, I am business management, scuba diving, photography, photo editing, video editing. And, uh, so you can see, I didn't just stick with, okay, what are my principal business activities that I work with right now? Uh, you know, I put scuba diving in there. I put photography in there. Um, and, and because how can you, it's about combining things in ways that are new, not Trying to do the same thing, I'm not going to go try it and be a portrait photographer because my my business is down in uh, business coaching. But is there? But that skill may apply to another product offering. So I want to have it in my head while I'm doing this, right? And so then when I said, "Well, what resources do I have?" I probably can't read and do this at the same time, but we'll see. So. Um, we have the video equipment we've got or video capability. We've got, I've got a conference room that remains largely empty and unused. Um, We've got recording equipment. We've got the studio, as I mentioned for the directed energy side of the business of my businesses. We've got electrical test equipment. We've got power supplies. We've got uh, electronic testing and work area. Um, We've got test ovens. Um, I've got a, uh, some, some, Uh, FLIR cameras, you know, thermal cameras. So I just brainstormed all the resources that I had available and, or kind of the major resources that I had available. And then I went through and said, okay, what are some of the things that I can do differently? One of them is, you know, I can do Skype or Zoom for business coaching. Okay. And, and that's not a whole lot different than, than normal, but you know, I, I really like to be on the ground with somebody in their space. It helps me understand how they do business for real rather than talking to them on Zoom or Skype, but you can still add a tremendous amount of value with those kinds of tools. Um, so another revenue stream that came to mind were seminars. And, um, obviously I had to put that aside because we can't do seminars, right? Or at least not in person seminars. So that's when, um, that's where the online courses come in. And then I thought about, you know, could you do online workshops or seminars? And I think you could, um, I'm still kind of thinking through what that might look like and how you could make it valuable to, uh, participants in, in a way that's interesting and, and not just chaotic. Um, so I'm that I'm not sure what that would look like right now, but it's an idea that, that I put in my head. So my, I guess my, my point is don't make this a complicated activity. We don't have time to go through all kinds of complexity. We have to get to a place where we can start testing things and find out what new revenue streams and sales channels might work for us. And so the, um, what I did here is I just said, okay, those three things across the top, what can I do? What resources do I have? And who do I know? And then in the middle section here, um, the, the or the low-hanging fruit answers that you might have, and then some of the, the other solutions you might come up with. What I, I skipped in my notes, I skipped ahead a little bit, but what you could use here this section for is just start to add, um, problems that need solving. Uh, what, and that goes back to the question, why did I buy that equipment in the first place? Or what can that equipment do? Why did I learn this skill in the first place? What can that skill do? So those are the, um, kind of the ideas that, that I came up with on my worksheet. Um, another one that, that, uh, you know, that might work in, my particular case is, are there PDF products uh, or or spreadsheet templates or something like that, that I could put some time into and make available to, to customers as well? And that's possible. So, you know, those are the, the things that for me, I'm thinking about. You have to take the concept into your own business and say, okay, what does that look like for, for my sandwich shop? What does that look like for my... Uh, my uh, auto mechanic, uh, business, whatever it is that you do. Um, and, and, and it's, it's really, I think auto mechanics are actually considered essential most places, but what if you're a nail salon, you know, how do you, how do you bridge that gap? I mean, unless you've got cash to go three or four months without revenue, you've got a problem. So what do you do in those cases to figure out ways to generate revenue. And that's where the exercise comes into play is figuring out what you can offer to create value and then finding a way to deliver it a sales channel to deliver that re- that product or service in a way that's meaningful under the circumstances that we're in right now. So that's all I wanted to talk about today. I just wanted to get the idea out there that we need to be looking at revenue streams, differently. And this is not about, this is not something that, that an exercise that we should do once because we're having a problem. You know, it's, you can make a pretty strong argument that if you're in the, in the, the midst of a crisis, that's a really difficult time to start creating a new revenue stream. Now, sometimes you don't have any choice, so we're going to have to do it. But then after this, Can we generate new revenue or keep those revenue streams moving or continue the process of, of refining and engaging new revenue streams to continue so that we have a broader group of sales channels and a broader group of revenue streams so that when one dips, because we have to have social distancing or one dips, because the prices of a raw material change so much that it becomes very expensive. Whatever the case, business, uh, and economic uh, situations change constantly and being able to handle those changes in a way that doesn't disrupt your business to the point of losing, you know, 60 or 70% of your revenue or all of your revenue, that helps us as small business owners. And we are small business owners are, the primary engine in the economy. So we're important. It may not feel like you're important. And, you know, obviously we're important to our families and our, and our customers, but as a single business owner, you might not feel like you're important to the whole nation at large when you've got all these big companies, um, with, you know, talking about billions of dollars in revenue, but the, the reality is that we are legion and that we are, a very important, powerful part of the economy. So we need to be prepared to handle situations like this. And one of the ways we can do it is to make sure that we have uh, a number of revenue streams that don't depend and sales channels that don't depend on the same things across the board. If we can diversify the things we depend on to create value and distribute that value, then we are better suited to uh, weather storms like this. So that's what I wanted to talk about. Uh, you can subscribe to beyond 50% and the, uh, up to the right YouTube channel, uh, somewhere. If you're watching on YouTube, you can just subscribe, I think right below the video. Um, if you click the little bell, you'll be notified if we're doing any new content. Um, and, uh, and when we go live, so you'll get a notification immediately when we go live, if you need some help, if you're, Uh, listening to this and thinking, yeah, I could really do some new revenue streams, but I need a little help to make that happen. Uh, visit our website or give me a call. uh, and I'd be happy to to help you with that. So questions, um, if you have questions, please email at q.a at b50p.com. If you have questions specifically about creating revenue streams or, or identifying sales channels, um. Uh, short questions. I'd be happy to just uh, answer, or maybe I'll answer them in a future uh, episode of the live stream. And uh, thank you for watching. I hope that everybody stays safe and we'll see you next week. For me, it's time to get back to work.